Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carenti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of The Dynasty Drive. I appreciate all of the support, as always. I'm back from a short, uh, much-needed vacation and ready to kind of get back behind the mic and put some new content out there again. So before we get right into it, uh, just a quick reminder, if you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. Uh, You can follow the show on Instagram at The Dynasty Drive, like the show on Facebook, and while you're at it, Head on over to the Patreon for a rookie big board. So that's patreon.com forward slash VFF educator and get subscribed to rookie big board premium contents, the exclusive home of my dynasty rankings, along with kind of the consensus dynasty rankings from myself, Ryan Searfoss and Eric Adams from the dynasty big board, as well as plenty of other great stuff. Uh, Matt's rookie big board consensus Debbie rankings and uh, access to an incredible discord chat for as low as three bucks a month. Uh, really, really good stuff that you're certainly not going to want to miss. And on that same kind of token, make sure if you're not already to head on over and get subscribed to the Debbie Royale's Patreon as well. Uh, there's going to be some big updates coming for the the Debbie Manifesto uh, over the next coming weeks and months, and you know, of course, rankings over there. Um, so yeah, for again, for as low as three bucks a month, you get access to their Discord the Debbie rankings, the Debbie manifesto, and uh, lots of great content coming on both uh, platforms. But on today's show, what we're going to do here is kind of dive into some of the most recent ADP, uh, Superflex startup ADP, courtesy of DLF, Dynasty League Football, and just kind of price check some stuff. See, um, you know, if there's anything kind of outlandish that I don't agree with or find interesting and just kind of go from there. So we'll run through the top 12 of each position and then, uh, you know, just kind of give some high-level thoughts and then poke around and see some guys that are maybe going lower than expected, higher than expected, and just kind of go about it from there. So first up, let's start with quarterback. The most recent Superflex Dynasty ADP on DLF is still pulling from the month of May. Uh, so some of this, you know, subject to change. But right now, the top 12 go like this. Josh Allen, QB1. Patrick Mahomes, QB2. Justin Herbert, quarterback 3. Kyler Murray, at QB4, and Lamar at QB5, rounding out the top five. And then we have Joe Burrow, QB6, Dak Prescott, QB7, Deshaun Watson, QB8, Jalen Hurts, quarterback 9, Russell Wilson, quarterback 10, Trevor Lawrence, QB11, and Matt Stafford, quarterback 12. So the big, I guess, elephant in the room is Deshaun Watson. I'd wager that that's probably coming you know, a little bit back down to earth. All the talent in the world, but the uncertainty and the gross kind of situation surrounding him and all the many, many mounting accusations uh, and the likelihood, uh, the strong likelihood, I would say, that he's going to miss probably at least a season, if not more. Um, Not great. So I'm sure uh, in the coming updates to this ADP, he won't be getting drafted quite as high. Uh, On talent alone, I totally get it. But Josh Allen coming off the board as the first quarterback, not surprising. I think most people have him kind of locked in as QB1 at this point. I still have Mahomes as QB1 personally, but I get the argument for Allen. Frankly, I don't think you go wrong with either one of those guys. Frankly, I don't think you go wrong with really any of the top six or seven guys. Um, Herbert is an elite talent. Kyler, I love the talent. There's like a little bit of weirdness and uncertainty there, but 
I don't have a single problem with any of those top six or really seven. I don't have a problem with uh, Dak being in the top seven either. So Allen, Mahomes, Herbert, Murray, Jackson, Burrow, Dak Prescott. I think those are all guys that you can feel pretty confident in, uh, especially in Superflex. If you've got one of them as you're you know, locked in as your QB1, or if you are in the right position where you can manage to come away with two of those, like if you know, maybe Dak falls in your startup and you, uh, you know, are you able to land one of these guys that maybe your league didn't value as highly, whether it's Lamar or somebody else, and you can circle back around and pair Lamar with somebody like Dak. Unlikely, but, you know, at the turn, crazier things have happened. If position players at, you know, running back and wide receiver uh, maybe come off the board a little bit earlier in your league, or if it's one of the super flex startups where, you know, it's just going to be dominated by QB in round one, then the opposite will happen and it'll push some of that other talent further down the board where if you're picking closer to the turn, then, yeah, maybe you just want to hammer a wide receiver or double tap wide receiver, take a wide receiver and running back, or you reach on pits. Not reach, wrong word, but you get the point. Now, after that's where it gets interesting and towards the back end, Jalen Hurts at QB9, like I get it, and, you know, A.J. Brown and all this stuff, but to draft Jalen Hurts like the quarterback nine is is rich for me. It's, I don't know, it's risky, and I'm not totally risk-averse. Um, again, he is going to be valuable in the short term. I just worry that he's not going to end up or, you know, cement himself as the long-term guy there. Um, and if that's the case, paying QB9 prices for him, uh, where right now he's coming off the board, you know, a early second round. He's His ADP is 14.25. So he's coming off the board early round two. Um, so I don't know. I, I'd rather go in a different direction personally. Matt Stafford at QB12, love that value. And then everybody, not everybody, but from QB13 on, again, if you're doing a startup this year, Tom Brady is set to be the biggest value in drafts. You might only get a year, but he's getting drafted like the QB21. And in startups, I'm trying to win this season, right? So if you can pair Tom Brady as your QB2 with one of these other guys that you're going to feel better about being locked into long-term, why not? Uh, but after Matt Stafford, Trey Lance at QB13, Aaron Rodgers at QB14. Love Lance's upside, but I'm not drafting him ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and then kind of interestingly, I think to me, is... Justin Fields still getting drafted ahead of Tua, Derek Carr, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, and Kirk Cousins. So being ahead of all of those guys is what shocks me. It wouldn't surprise me if it was above some of them and not above others, but uh, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson going as QB 18, QB 19, and Fields going as quarterback 15 is interesting. Um, Fields, super talented, great talent, has all the upside in the world, but you have to weigh, I think, the situation um, with you know, what the Bears have done or not done this past offseason um, and hope that he can elevate the cast around him rather than be dependent on, not be dependent on, but kind of need things to go the way that the Jets have done for Zach Wilson this year where they've almost over-invested, right? They had Elijah Moore, they had Corey Davis, they draft Garrett Wilson, they signed C.J. Uzama, they signed Tyler Conklin, they draft Brees Hall. So they're at a point where it's like, all right, if Zach Wilson's not going to be good, it's on Zach Wilson, right? There's not going to be questions about the supporting cast. But Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, again, if they're getting drafted this late, man, those are the guys that I really love having as like my quarterback too. Because if you can, Carr coming off the board right after the 41st pick, Kirk Cousins right after the 45th pick, 
that affords you the luxury of being able to lock in one of these early guys, the top six or seven, like we said earlier, and then address some other positions along the way and be able, you know, a few rounds later to come back with a guy like Derek Carr, who I really think could be, you know, a top 12 guy, you know, maybe QB 11, QB 12, QB 13 ish, somewhere right in there by the end of the season. Um, that's good value and kind of perennially underrated, but that's uh that's good value for sure. And then some other guys going later, you know, uh, the Matt Ryan's of the world, uh, Matt Ryan, QB 25, Daniel Jones, QB 28, Jared Goff, QB 29. Like none of those are going to feel great. I think Matt Ryan in the short term could prove to be pretty valuable for at least this year in Indianapolis. Um, but you know, they're going to get drafted. You're going to need them. And I'd rather have, uh, Daniel Jones at QB 28 or Carson Wentz at QB 26 and drafting, you know, the Matt Corrals of the world at QB 32 and startups. All right, moving on to running back. So the top 12 running backs right now, oh, this is going to be juicy. <laughs> top 12 running backs right now. So the top five goes Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, Christian McCaffrey, Javante Williams is the top five. Um, from there, we have Saquon Barkley running back six, Brees Hall running back seven, Austin Eckler running back eight, uh, Joe Mixon running back nine, Nick Chubb running back 10, Derek Henry running back 11, and Dalvin Cook running back 12. So a couple things here. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor is going to be locked in as uh, RB1 pretty much everywhere, right? Not No arguments there. And DeAndre Swift is my running back two. Uh, in my dynasty rankings so no issues or problems from me there either and that goes for uh, Najee Harris as well my running back three so the first three in this ADP are exactly how I have them stacked up Um, no no problems at all there it's interesting to me that Hall it's interesting to me that McCaffrey actually let's start there McCaffrey is still getting drafted as the fourth running back off the board um People still buying in even after the the injury seasons. I'm a little bit surprised about that. And a little bit surprised about Javante not arguing the talent or the value per se, but a little interested that hasn't dropped more uh, following Melvin Gordon returning. But Brees Hall being drafted as the RB7, people are all in. And uh, I love the talent, love the scheme fit. Jets fan, so I'm not going to complain, but... Uh, and I think he's going to have a good rookie year. I projected him for over a thousand yards and, you know, double digit touchdowns altogether, including, uh, including rushing and receiving. But I'm a little shocked that, you know, this ADP and consensus is kind of valuing him higher than Austin Eckler, who's somebody I maybe been a little bit lower on, but more specifically a guy that I cannot believe is getting drafted like the RB 14. We'll get to him in just a second. Cause Dalvin Cook rounded out the top 12. And then running back 13, J.K. Dobbins. Running back 14, Alvin Kamara. Look, I know there's uncertainty with the arrests and all that stuff. Alvin Kamara at running back 14 is screaming value. Like an absolute crazy value to me. Um, I know that, you know, we're we're age-averse in this dynasty landscape, but Kamara is still a top-five dynasty running back for me. He really is. Uh, the skill set is... We've seen it time and time again. He's not somebody that needs, you know, 250, 300 carries to be super productive. Um, if you're in doing startups now and landing Alvin Kamara 50 picks into the draft, which is where he's going right now, that's wild to me. Like, that's absolutely wild to me. Considering, you know, he's not 
that much older uh, than Christian McCaffrey, who's been more hurt and not arguing, you know, there's a difference in talent there, but I think the gap is much more narrow than RB4 to RB14. Travis Etienne is running back 15, which is uh, good for him. It's exciting. It feels right. I like that there. I think the ceiling's even higher. Cam Akers running back 16. Kenneth Walker running back 17. Uh, David Montgomery, Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson, Elijah Mitchell, Leonard Fournette, A.J. Dillon, Josh Jacobs round out the top 24. couple notable things. Zeke falls out of the top 24 in ADP. And ironically, that like Zeke might be becoming a value now in startups. Um, he's getting drafted like the running back 26, which is close to how I value him. But in startups, I like that. Uh, I think Leonard Fournette is a great value at running back 22. Gibson at running back 20 is too rich for me. Um, stinks to say, but I'm out on that price tag. Um, it's just too much with the constant signs that they're reluctant to make him the guy. You know, whether that's bringing back J.D. McKissick drafting Brian Robinson. I uh, just can't invest in Antonio Gibson, even ahead of guys like AJ Dillon or Leonard Fournette or Josh Jacobs. I'd rather have all of those guys straight up than Antonio Gibson at this point. And Aaron Jones at running back 19. He, I talked about him recently, him and AJ Dillon uh, and how I think they're both, you know, great running backs to have on your roster right now. Jones was a sell for me a while ago, but now he's getting cheap enough again where you got to get back in. Like, to draft him at running back 19 prices right now, even though he's 27, uh, even though no Devontae Adams, I really think the Packers will get creative in how they use both him and Dylan and that they'll both be really, really good, exciting running backs. And then outside the top 24, I mean, there's guys that are going to be valuable here. Outside the top 24, James Conner running back 25. We talked about Zeke running back 26. James Cook at running back 27, which is a little crazy to me because he's coming off the board ahead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I like all those guys, and I like James Cook, but um, I don't know if I'll end up with a lot of him. I, I haven't really ended up with any of him in rookie drafts, so I'll have to try and see if I can land a startup share at the right price. Um, I love the Tony Pollard price, drafting Tony Pollard at running back 30. I will do it. Every single time I'm going to do that. And even Clyde at running back 28 is, I think, a good enough value because I think his ceiling is still higher than that. I'm not projecting him to be a top 12 guy like people thought he could be a few years ago, but uh, to be drafted like a high-end running back three, I think there's a chance he outperforms that, assuming he stays healthy. And the Pats' backfield continues to be a value. Damian Harris running back 33 and Ramondre Stevenson running back 38 uh, are both players that I would be absolutely in on at that price tag. Running back for as top-heavy as it is, there's interesting players later on. Um, Zamir White at running back 41. Zamir White, I think, could be the guy in Las Vegas next year after Josh Jacobs walks. Isaiah Spiller at running back 40. That's a premier handcuff if Austin Eckler goes down, and I think he could mix in in goal line. And, you know, not saying it'll be a full one timeshare, but have a role. Michael Carter at running back 43. I was loud before the draft that I thought that the Jets would invest a premium asset at running back at some point and that Michael Carter's role would be diminished. And I think that holds true, but they're going to run the ball a ton and Michael Carter is going to be involved a ton. I still have Michael Carter projected for more receiving work than Brees Hall. That's not to say Brees Hall won't have any, but I think both of those guys are going to get a ton of work. And Melvin Gordon at running back 44. Look, I know he's old. <laughs> I know he's old and I know that that's what people can't stand. But running back 44, what changed from last year to this year? What changed, right? We love Javante Williams, and we're still valuing him like Melvin Gordon left, except Melvin Gordon stayed. 
it's kind of seemed like the roles will continue to be the same. Maybe Javante takes some of that extra work from Melvin Gordon, but Melvin Gordon's going to have a role. Um, and I don't think it, it'll be to a total detriment of Javante Williams. I think Javante is the player to, to roster in that backfield between the two. But Melvin Gordon is a cheap player right now that if you're in a startup and looking to build a contending roster is going to be valuable in 2022. And, uh, you know, if it doesn't go right for your team, you can flip him to a contender midseason. So I'd be absolutely drafting him at running back 44. I think that's just a good value proposition. All right, wide receivers. So the top 12 wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. There you go. There's the chalk. <laughs> Cooper Cup, wide receiver three. C.D. Lamb, wide receiver four. Devontae Adams, uh, wide receiver five. A.J. Brown, six. Debo Samuel, wide receiver seven. T. Higgins, wide receiver eight. Stefan Diggs, nine. D.K. Metcalf, wide receiver 10. Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill to close out the top 12. So we get the Dolphins back to back there. Let's just start. I don't think anybody will argue. Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson in either order. As long as you have those one, two, I think everybody's good. Uh, I have Chase one and Jefferson two, so no uh, no problems there for me. I'm not surprised that Cooper Cup is getting drafted um, as the wide receiver three. I don't I don't love it if I'm being honest. Like I love the player, um, and I do have him. You know, just one spot behind. But, yeah, it's hard for me to, uh, let me check who, uh, sorry, yep, I thought, I just wanted to double check one thing. So I still have Devontae Adams, wide receiver three. Um, he's still kind of the guy that I come back to is Chase is younger, Jefferson's younger. Devontae Adams, even though he's 29, he's not that much older than Cooper Cup. And I don't know, they're very, very close. I have them wide receiver three and wide receiver four, respectively. Um, but Devontae Adams getting drafted as the wide receiver five crazy enough as a top five wide receiver, but that's a value for me. I think skill set wise, he's still the best receiver in football. I love chase. I love Jefferson, but this is Devonte Adams. I haven't seen anything to suggest to me that he's not going to be good at football this year or next year, or for playing in a two to three year window, which I think has really become a two year window at this point. Yeah. I'll take Devonte Adams. He's a electric talent. Uh, and I think he's going to get force fed the ball there in Las Vegas with his boy Derek Carr. Uh, and I don't have any issue with that at all. CeeDee Lamb has continued to rise up the board. Uh, wide receiver four, not a real shock. A.J. Brown, uh, wide receiver six, which lines up right on the money with where I have him ranked. And actually, Debo Samuel, wide receiver seven, right on the money with where I have him ranked as well. T. Higgins has continued to move up a little bit, which when this offseason started, I thought, oh, I'm higher than most on T. Higgins, and I have him ranked currently at wide receiver 11, and I still feel good about that. Wide receiver 8 is getting it's getting up there. I don't think, uh, yeah, I can't bring myself to draft T. Higgins over Jalen Waddell or Tyreek Hill for sure. Um, those are probably the, the big ones for me that I, I don't know if I feel great about. And also, I love Jalen Waddle, Like, love him, but him going one spot ahead of Tyreek Hill feels crazy. I know we're playing the long game, but again, Tyreek is not you know, 31, 32. He's 28 years old, um, and he's going to get his touches. They just gave up a ton to get him and gave him the, you know, the biggest contract uh, we could have imagined for him. So, I'm cool with both of those guys going in the top 12. I still value Tyreek Hill a lot higher. He's my wide receiver five. Um, but yeah, I, I get it. I get the 
the thought process for it to have Waddle ahead of him. Wide receiver, uh, we say it constantly, is absolutely loaded. <laughs> After that, DJ Moore, wide receiver 13. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 14. Drake London, wide receiver 15. Man, that is that is high. Um, I'm surprised he's getting drafted quite that high. Terry McLaurin, 16. Michael Pittman, 17. Chris Goblin, wide receiver 18. Traylon Burks, 19. Keenan Allen, 20. Garrett Wilson, 21. Mike Evans, 22. Jamison Williams, 23. And Amari Cooper, wide receiver 24. So Mike Evans is continuously the most disrespected wide receiver in fantasy football. Uh, if you're drafting Mike Evans, 71 picks in, which is where his ADP is right now, 71.75 coming off the board as the wide receiver at 22. That's wild, like absolutely wild. Uh, Garrett Wilson's a value right now. He's my wide receiver 16 in rankings coming off the board as wide receiver 21. Uh, yeah, I would be taking Garrett Wilson straight up over Traylon Burks and Drake London easy, uh, over Terry McLaurin easy. Pittman, I think, is a little bit of a value. He's at 17 right now in this ADP, and I think he really flirts with back-end wide receiver one value uh, in the short and long term. So it's probably close to about right, but I value him slightly higher than that. But wide receiver is loaded, man. I just Even further down the list, Darnell Mooney getting drafted as wide receiver 31, Devontae Smith as wide receiver 27, uh, Olave at 29, um, Juju at 34, Amon Ra 35, Brandon Cooks 37, Allen Robinson in startups is still getting drafted like the wide receiver 40. Fix this, like, yes, fix that. That's too cheap. Uh, Brandon Ayuk at 41, I think, is a slight value. There's just so many good wide receivers. It's wild, man. It really is. Um, and then, like, some of the younger guys further down, Michael Gallup getting drafted at wide receiver 55. Um, that's a sneaky one because it'll take some time to pay off, but that uh, that could pay off pretty well for you, I think. But yeah, wide receiver, man. It just continues to be loaded each and every year, filled with players. Just continuously draft receivers in your startups. Uh, you really can't go wrong. Just keep stockpiling them and hope that you pick the right ones that break out. All right, wrap things up with tight end. To nobody's surprise, <laughs> Kyle Pitts is the tight end one uh, as he should be, you know, rightfully atop the tight end throne right now in tight uh, in dynasty rankings. So Kyle Pitts, tight end one, Mark Andrews, tight end two, Travis Kelsey, tight end three, George Kittle, four, Darren Waller, five, TJ Hawkinson, six, Dallas Goddard, seven, Dalton Schultz, eight, Pat Fryermuth, nine, Mike Kosicki, 10, Dawson Knox, 11, and Noah Fant at tight end 12. So tight end, uh, yeah, once you get it past those top four or five, you know, there's arguments, I think, to be made for all those guys. Pitts at one, yep, for sure. I still have Kelsey two. I understand the argument for having him. Uh, I understand the argument for having Mark Andrews ahead of him. I do think it's close. So my rankings go Pitts, Kelsey, Andrews. Uh, but those three, you know, being locked in as the top three, I have no problems with. And same with I have Kittle four and Waller five. Um, and Hawkinson six, which I think will be the case for most people having those six players in some order uh, at tight end. But for me, Pat Fryermuth is tight end nine. I have him as tight end seven right now in my rankings, and I think he's somebody that we could be talking about creeping towards that top five uh, sooner than later, maybe flipping spots with TJ Hawkinson by end of the year. Uh, I like Fryermuth a lot, and I think the gap between Hawkinson and somebody like Fryermuth or even Dalton Schultz, uh, Dallas Goddard, Dawson Knox. That, you know, the gap between those 
five or six players is not huge. Uh, Dawson Knox as tight end 11. I mean, a prolific passing offense with a quarterback that we talked about at the beginning is kind of consistently valued like QB1 right now. Um, yeah, I'm in on him at tight end 11 for sure. Um, I think he can outproduce that pretty easily. And uh, the difference between, like we said, from tight end 6 to tight end 11 is usually a few touchdowns. So the touchdown's got to go one of these guys' ways, and it'll work out for him. I think Zach Ertz at tight end 11 is a great short-term value. Albert O at tight end 15 feels like it's kind of drifted back to where it should uh, after kind of getting spiked a little bit earlier in the offseason following the Russell Wilson trade. Cole Komet at tight end 14. I like that one. Uh, I have Cole Komet inside my top 12. I think we'll get a little bit of a Komet breakout. I think some touchdowns will go his way this year. He had over 600 yards a season ago. So I think you know we'll be talking about Cole Komet moving up rankings. Uh, but further down, some some dart throws. Hunter Henry at tight end 19 is too low. Um, too low. As long as he's healthy, he will outproduce tight end 19. Gronk at tight end 21, I get it. It's like, will he play, won't he play? I feel like he still probably shows up at the end of the season. And if he plays, you'll probably get better than tight end 21. I'm probably talking about a mid-range, mid to back end, you know, tight end one at that point. And then you can throw your darts like, are you interested in the Evan Ingram bounce back? I've sworn off the Evan Ingram roller coaster, but, you know, I could be (laughs) convinced there. Uh, Brevin Jordan at tight end 28 has some intriguing upside to me. Um, And then, you know, further down, it's just throw your dart and who do you like? Can Hayden Hurst, you know, contribute in some way? Um David Njoku at tight end 18 is a little a little intriguing. He did just get paid, um, so probably figures to be the tight end there. Uh, so tight end 18 is pretty pretty attractive price tag. I'd you know, want somebody else, I think, ahead of him that I felt better about, but I think that is a fair price risk, weighing the risk versus reward in drafting Njoku. All right, so quick overview and just, you know, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, kind of ADP price check sort of stuff. Um, I appreciate everybody tuning in and listening to another episode of the podcast and being patient while we sort through some schedule changes and, you know, a vacation I had lined up in there. I know it's kind of weird when uh, shows bounce around on a million different days, and uh, I like to have a consistent sort of schedule going on as well. So this episode will be releasing Monday, June 20th, and then Mondays from here on out. Uh, We have lots of great shows booked out. I'm just finishing scheduling stuff all the way out into August so far. So um, shows are going to come out consistently every Monday. A ton of great guests, a ton of great topics. And uh, we're going to keep rolling through it. We're almost 100 episodes in on this podcast. I really, really sincerely appreciate all the continued support and listens. That stuff uh, means a lot and it goes a long way. So we'll keep cranking through it. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. (laughs) 